Chapter Fifteen of Rejected of Men by Howard Pyle. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fifteen. Judas. The burden of prosecution having devolved upon the ecclesiastical court, a decision was not long in being reached. Again, it was the universally voiced opinion that it was better that one man should die rather than that a whole nation should perish it now remained only to arrest the creator of this divine disturbance of mundane peace that same afternoon mr inkerman the lawyer called on bishop caiaphas to say that a follower of the man had been found who would be willing he inkerman believed to betray his master to the authorities it would he opined be out of the question to attempt an arrest in the midst of the turbulent mob that surrounded him such an attempt would be almost certain to precipitate a riot but if this fellow could be persuaded or bought to disclose where his master slept at night the arrest could be made without exciting any disturbance how did you find your man asked the bishop oh i didn't find him myself said mr inkerman inspector dolan found him dolan says he will bring him up here at five o'clock if that will suit you very well said the bishop that will suit me exactly at the appointed time there were four or five of the more prominent ecclesiastics present in the bishop's library among the others dr dayton and dr ives a little after five mr inkerman came quietly into the room accompanied by gilderman the inspector hasn't come yet he asked no said the bishop not yet they've just called me up from the station-house telling me that he was on the way said the lawyer how much do you suppose this man will want for his services asked the bishop after a moment or two of pause oh i don't know said the lawyer thank you and he took a cigar from the box the manservant offered him i would not give him very much though he's only a poor devil and a little money will go a great way with him offer him ten dollars ten dollars exclaimed dr ives rogues must be cheap in these times sir and there was a ripple of amusement some rogues are and some are not said mr inkerman when the laugh had subsided i dare say it would take a pot of money to buy a herod and still more to buy a pilot and then again there was a ripple of laughter at that moment the servant came in bringing a printed card upon the salver the card had a semi-business-like semi-social look he handed it to the bishop who glanced at it oh he said here he is show him up directly he handed the card to dr dayton who ran his eye over it it's inspector dolan he said to the others in a little while the servant returned holding open the door and ushering in the two men the light shone upon the inspector's uniform gleaming upon the badge on his breast he came directly into the room followed by a rather small rather thin man with a lean face and reddish hair and beard and a long lean neck the man seemed abashed and ill at ease in the presence of the clergyman he stood in the farther part of the room not far from the door he held his hat in his hand shifting it and turning it around and around he was ill-clad and rough-looking but his face was rather cunning than stupid it was not altogether a bad face his eyes wandered about the room resting an instant upon each unusual object there was a large photogravure in colours of renault's execution in tangier that caught his eye and his gaze lingered upon it for a moment 
the severed head the prone corpse lying upon the steps the huge figure of the executioner looming above it and the splashes of blood trickling over the white marble he looked at the picture for an instant and then he looked at the bishop then he looked back at the picture again bishop caiaphas was gazing steadily at him well my man he said at last inspector dolan tells me that you are willing to help us arrest this man the man's gaze dropped from the picture to the bishop's face he did not reply but he began again turning his hat around and around in his hands what do you know about him the bishop continued why said the man i know him that is i've been with him off and on that is near for a year i reckon what makes you willing to betray him asked the bishop curiously have you any cause of enmity against him the man looked at him with a half-bewildered look as though not exactly understanding the purport of the question then a secondary look of intelligence came into his face oh he said do you mean have i anything again him why no so far as that goes i haven't anything again him nor he hasn't done anything again me there was a whole lot of us together a lot of company you know and i always carried the money for the rest sometimes we had a little money and then sometimes we hadn't i was with him ever since last april a year ago up to last fall when my father was took sick and there ain't nothing in it he won't take money hisself for curing folks and he wouldn't let any of us take money and are you willing to show us where we may find him asked the bishop why yes said the other so far as that goes i'm willing to do that if i'm paid for it i haven't got nothing agin him but i don't owe him nothing neither bishop caiaphas was looking at the man trying to get into the workings of his mind of course he said we are willing to pay you for your trouble we don't ask you to help us for nothing no sir said iscariot i know that i just mean to speak plain sir when i say i've got to be paid for doing it you see he don't pay me nothing and i ain't beholden to him for nothing but all the same i ain't got no spite agin him how much do you expect us to pay you said the bishop i don't know said the man how much do you think it would be worth to you you see i've got to keep track of him all the time and then i got to let you know where he's going to be and where you can come up with him it may be a matter of four or five days this gentleman said the bishop indicating mr inkerman seems to think that ten dollars would be about right the man looked down into his hat and began again turning it around and around in his hands i don't know that i care to do it for that he said i don't know that i care to do it at all but this gentleman here indicating inspector dolan he comes to me and says he heard i know where he's to be found and that i wasn't particular about keeping with him any longer and how much then do you think would be worth while said the bishop oh well said the man i don't just know about that i wouldn't mind doing it if you gave me thirty dollars thirty dollars said mr inkerman but bishop caiaphas held up his hand and the lawyer was silent i'll give you thirty dollars my man he said the day that your master is apprehended thank ye sir said the man and still he stood for a while irresolutely well said the bishop what is it why sir said the man if you'll excuse me so far as to say that is i mean i didn't take what this here gentleman indicating inspector dolan again said just to mean that i was to help arrest him he asked me if i knew where he was at night i told him yes he says that if i'd show him where he was there was money in it for me 
i said i was willing to show him or any man where he was but i didn't look to have any hand in arrestin him though but my good fellow said the bishop i can't pay you the money unless you do your part just as soon as he is arrested then you shall have your money isn't that satisfactory to you oh yes i suppose so said the other doubtfully but he still stood turning his hat around in his hand well said the bishop is there anything else only if i might make so bold sir who's to pay me sir oh that's it is it said the bishop well i'll put the money in the hands of inspector dolan here and as soon as the arrest is made he'll see that you are paid will that be satisfactory to you inspector and the bishop turned to the police officer oh yes it'll suit me well enough said the inspector very well said the bishop we'll arrange it that way that is all we need of you now you may go mr dolan will settle everything with you after the arrest is duly made after the clergyman had gone gilderman and the lawyer lingered for a while how do you suppose said gilderman that that man could bring himself to do such a thing as that how do you suppose he thinks and feels why bless your soul mr gilderman said the lawyer we can't possibly enter into the mind of a man like that to understand why he does a certain thing those people neither think nor feel as a man in our position thinks and feels they don't have the same sort of logical or moral ballast to keep them steady any puff of prejudice or self-interest is enough to swerve them aside from their course to some altogether different objective point i think you are right sir said the bishop almost with a sigh i am afraid you are right one of the most difficult things with which i have to deal is the inability a man like myself has to comprehend or to come within touch of the mental operation of those poor people only this morning for instance i had to do with a really deserving case of charity a man who had had his arm amputated and who had a wife an intelligent woman and three or four small children he is just back from the hospital and in real destitution and i went to see him filled with sympathy but before i had talked with him five minutes i was perfectly convinced that his one and only aim was to get me to give him just as much money as he could squeeze from me he asked me for twelve dollars a week and when i told him i could not afford to give him but eight he was perfectly satisfied a man in our position of life would express gratitude he expressed little or nothing he accepted what was done for him almost as a matter of course it is terrible to think that you can't reach these poor people with sympathy or brotherly love and hope to meet with a return of affection to be conscious that their chief object when you wish to help them is to get just as much money out of you as they can i am always conscious that they feel that i am rich and have plenty of money to spare and that it is their right to get all they can from me thus spoke the bishop in his wisdom and what he said was true a gulf not wide but as profound as infinity separates the rich man from the poor man and there is no earthly means of crossing it End of chapter 15